footsteps in such a way, God, that you know where we're going to be and what's going to happen, Lord. And it always amazes me how your timing is impeccable. Your timing is perfect, Lord Jesus. I'm not saying our time. I'm saying your time is everything. So God, help us to get in the, in, the, in your plan, Father. Help us to follow you, Jesus, until you send us and call us home, Father. Help us to open our mouths and to be the voice, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Lord, a wilderness of people who need to have hope in a day that we need hope so desperately. And Father, you are the holy hope. You're the peace of the world. And Father, help us, Lord, to focus on you today and every day. And God, we give you praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' precious name. And all God's children said this morning, Amen. 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 Isn't God good? He is good all the time, isn't he? Well, here's a little story. As Christmas was fast approaching, there was a young man who started thinking about what he could give his father. So he lived far away. So he wanted to get him something very special, something that would manifest how much he valued him. So he looked around and found something he thought would be unique, would be special and unusual. It was an exotic parakeet, right? So it was so unique that it could speak five different languages. And it could sing the Yellow Rose of Texas, standing on one leg. It was a most unusual bird. And he thought to himself that his father would surely think a bird like this was extra special. In addition, it cost $10,000. This guy thought for sure that this most unique bird would show his father how much he loved him. He purchased the bird and had it shipped to his father. He couldn't wait to hear his dad's response to this most phenomenal gift. He called his father on Christmas Day. He said, Dad, did you get my gift? And his father said, I certainly did, son. And the man said, well, Dad, how did you like it? His dad replied, oh, son, it was delicious. <laughs> his dad obviously missed the point, right? He didn't understand the nature of the gift, and because he didn't understand the nature of the gift, he treated it in a way other than how it was to be utilized. Unfortunately, many people missed the point of the gift of Christmas, Jesus Christ. Amen? Isn't that so true? There's so many people. Today we have people all over the world that are celebrating a holiday, and they're not celebrating for what the holiday was birthed for, right? Uh, for Jesus. And we know, we have friends, we have family members, we have people that we know that are not celebrating it for the true essence of what Christmas was designed for. And so today, as we've been going through this month of December, the different series on why the nativity, you know, I just appreciate the sisters coming and singing this morning. You know, what we do matters here at Hills Church. You know that? You know, we would not have met these sisters that had not been for the live nativity. Right? So the very drive through the live nativity brought the sisters here. And then they happened. I said something, whatever, but then they shared with me that they had a singing ministry. I said, no kidding. So they gave me some information about it. So we got talking. I asked them to sing today and thought it would be a special treat for all of us. Boy, it was a treat, right? I just appreciate the Lord and what he's doing. God uses all people if they're willing to be used. 
Jesus wants to use each and every one of you. And I'm so grateful for what he does. But his timing is perfect. He's always on time. He's the very divine. And, he, and his, his time, timing is very divine. So why the nativity is what we've been exploring over the past several weeks. We have been exploring the special moment in the time of fulfillment. That's what we've been exploring. Think about this. Hundreds of years of prophecy written before, right? All concerning the coming Messiah, his coming, how he came, the location, his ancestry, his life, his death. It started in a garden and it ends in an empty tomb. Think about that. A story about God's people and their need for a Savior, a sacrifice to cover all sin forever. It's about salvation, folks. That's what it's about. What a gift, right? And we have learned, right, number one, what, why Jesus became a man. Why did Jesus become a man? He became a man. He, came, he was born to die for the sins of the world. Our sins, your sin, the sins of the entire world. He came to die. Listen, to be that human sacrifice. We could not remove our sin, but he came to remove our sin and to take on our sin and to die for our sin. That's what he did. And then we talked about on the second week, why Joseph? Why did he choose Joseph to be the father of our Savior? Amen? To come in and to, and to raise him up. Although he wasn't the biological father, his father, but he raised Jesus. And he chose Joseph because he what? He was obedient to God. He respected God. He revered God. He was trustworthy. He was dedicated to God. He was dedicated to Mary, as we saw, and his family. That's why he chose Joseph, right? And then last week we touched on on, on the week on why Mary? Why did she, why did he choose specifically Mary? Why did he choose her? Because she loved God. She was set apart for that. She was mature. She was long-suffering. And then today, we're going to study this. We're going to talk about why God called him Savior. Why did God call him Savior? This is the story of the glory of God's promise. Listen, for a Savior sent to his people. Sent to all of us. It was, it was Jesus' name. Think about what is in the name of Jesus. What is in his name this morning? His name, right? The Christ. His name advanced his purpose while on the planet this morning. It did. He's called the Lamb of God. Think about that. He is the man of sorrows. He's the Prince of Peace, the Good Shepherd, the Mighty God, the bright morning star. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the rock. He's the judge. He's the bread of life. He's the King of Kings, teacher, the light of the world. He's the servant. He's the only way to heaven. And he's so much more. Amen. I mean, there's like over 300 titles of who Jesus is for Jesus. But can we contain Jesus in all these titles? No, we never could. We never can. Never. When I think of who he is, my mind is just blown away. And it's, all our minds should be blown away. But at the same time, I sense the closeness now compared to when I did not consider or know him from before I was saved. All the words in the world can never describe the majesty of our blessed hope and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus' name is our Lord's personality. Think about it. Savior. It's what he came to do. He's the Savior. It's his personality. He wants to save you from your sin. Emmanuel, listen, is his close proximity to each and every one of us. Right? 
God is with us. He is with us every day. He's with us now. He's in this room. He's in you as a believer. And if you're not a believer, He's still in this room and He's squeezing your heart that you would surrender your soul to Him this morning. I pray that you would do that. But Savior, let's say it together. Savior. Man, isn't that awesome? He is our Savior. That's what He did. Listen, think about this. Let the floodgates of your mind be open to all He has rescued Think about this one. We need to look back and see where he's brought us from. Every past hurt, what was it? Guess what he did? He healed it. He healed it. Listen, every habit that you have, think on all that you did. What did Jesus do? He forgives. Isn't that a wonderful thing? He forgives us every single time. How about every hang-up that you have? Listen, he gives us power to overcome. He tells us we're more than conquerors by Christ Jesus. We can overcome anything and everything because of Jesus, right? Every single thing. What has tried to keep you or is keeping you from fulfilling his very level best for you? What is it today? What is in the Lord's name? We're going to look in Luke chapter 2. So if you look, turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 10 and 11 this morning as we celebrate Christmas together. Amen. And while you're turning, I just want to remind you after this service, we're going to be having a luncheon next door. If you've got no place to be or no family, whatever, come and join us after a service today. We'll fellowship and break bread together. It'll be an awesome time. But let's look at Luke 2. Look at verses 10 and 11. Listen to what is proclaimed here. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy to the shepherds, right? Which will be for what? All people. Some people? No, all people. All people for all time. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is what? Christ the Lord. That's who he is. And so the first up, the first thing that we have, I want you to write in your note sheet there. Number one is the promise of the Savior. This is what's in his name. Is the promise of a Savior. The promise. In Luke 2, 11, he says, For today in the city of David, there has been born for you. For all of us, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, right? Israel's, think about Israel. Israel's past, listen, abounded many human saviors. There were many human saviors in Israel's past. But Jesus took the title of Savior and gave it a new powerful and eternal meaning. That's what Jesus did. The title defines both his life, but it also defines his death. For Luke 19.10 says this, and it's a wonderful passage of Scripture. I love it because it shows the character of our Savior. He said, for the Son of Man has come to do what? To seek and to save that which is lost. Man, that's you and me. We were all lost without hope in the world. But thank the Lord for the hope of Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary. Amen. It's really amazing. So what we see here is our Savior is a promise to come to us to save us. Listen, he's here right now. In this very moment, he's in this very room to speak to your hearts. God longs for a relationship with you and with me every day to save us from the enemy and our own sinful self. Sometimes we need to have, we just have to get out of our own way, amen? That's what we need to do. And we need to come to Jesus. Listen, this foretold was foretold some 700 years prior to Jesus even born. 
listen, this is so important for us to get this. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah 9, 6, listen to what it says. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful and Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. It's wonderful. God also reiterates through the angel Gabriel to the same promise to poor Joseph, Mary's betrothed spouse. Listen, he says in Matthew 1, 21, the angel tells Joseph, she will bear a son and you will shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from what? From their sins. Only God does that. It's a divine order that he has instituted. For the first was the promise of a savior. Do you get that this morning? Do you know him as Savior this morning? That's the promise. He comes to save you, to seek you, and to save you. If you don't know Christ as Savior this morning, I pray that God is squeezing your heart this morning. He loves you with an everlasting love. He doesn't want to leave you hopeless and helpless. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you a hope that's beyond this life. This world's not our home. You and I, we're just passing through here. We need our Savior. We need Jesus for life everlasting. You don't go to heaven just by, just by being a good person. It can't, you can't, cannot be done. Listen, we can never be good enough. We can only go to heaven through the shed blood of Jesus. Amen. He died for your sin. He died for you to make a way. He's the only way that can make a way for you to go to heaven. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No person goes to God except through the baby Jesus. Right? Amen. Isn't that a wonderful, what a wonderful promise that we have. I pray that you know him this morning. I pray that you know him this morning. Number two, we have not only the promise, but the purpose of the Savior. There's a purpose. Jesus is a purpose. And I explained some of it already in Luke 2.11. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a what? A Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the purpose, listen, for him coming to save us. That incarnation, the God who is spirit, he becomes flesh, right? He had to come. John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He pitched his tent among us so that he could feel what we feel. So that he, when we hurt, he hurts. He knows what that feels like. He hurts He hurt more than any of us could ever hurt, as a matter of fact. He knows everything. He knows how to be happy and sad all at the same time. He knows what it feels like. He can relate to you. He knows what you felt. He knows what you went through. And he knows so much more. He came to accomplish his Father's perfect will. What was that? He came for all sinners. Do we have any sinners in the house this morning? Amen, right? And we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of God's glory. All of us, right? He came for all the fallen of mankind. All of us. Think about the story of Zacharias. Remember little Zacharias? Zacharias wanted to see the Savior. What did Zacharias do? He climbed up the tree. Why? He wanted to see the Savior. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see the Savior. Why? What did Jesus do, though? He called him out. Listen, he called him out. And what did Zacharias do? He came down. Listen, Jesus, he saw him to save him. Because why? Because Zacharias mattered. The people hated Zacharias as a tax collector. Hated him, right? Zacharias stole from many people. Lots of money, lots of things. But Jesus saw value in Zacharias because he sees value in all people. 
We are his gift. We are made in his image. But we've gone astray because of sin in the world. And listen, Zacharias, listen, is awesome. Listen, he, he submits to the Lord. He saw him to save him, to save him from his sin, to save him from separation from his creator. That's why he saves us. Not just from the sin, but to reconnect you with the holy God who made you and gave you life. He does it to reconnect his life with God's life. That's what Jesus came to do. We all need that reconnection. We need a Savior. Amen. We do. We need him. And we needed the Savior to seek us. We needed the Savior to seek after us. Amen. We do. We do. We are, are we're lost and not even looking for him. I think about my own past life. There was a time in my past I wouldn't even give God a thought. I wouldn't even think about it. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever experienced that? Not even just go through my day, not even give God a thought. Listen, there was a time on, listen, I didn't even seek the Lord ever. I didn't even seek Him for nothing. I was just living it up while I was having too much fun in my selfishness, feeding my own flesh, making me feel good. That's what I did. I did it. You see, see sin is fun for a season. It is. Sin, he goes back. It's fun for a season, but there are consequences to every sin. It catches up with you. Listen, it will catch up to you and something until it's too late. If you're not careful, it could be too late. Then one day he started seeking me out. He was messing with my mind, or should I say my conscience, right? Word conscience means with knowledge. He came and he was messing with me, messing with me. Messed me up. Why? I had knowledge of my sin. That's how he messed me. I knew. Listen, I knew I was a sinner, not a person alive. Don't understand? Listen, they have sin in their lives. There's many people that don't know that. But to hear the thing is people realize that we do have sin. God puts it in every man's heart. He knows what we're supposed to do. We know what we're supposed to do, what is right and wrong. God puts it in our hearts. Whether you're saved or not, we know. And then God began to deal with my heart. Listen, I couldn't get my sin and him out of my head. That's what happened. My sin and him were both in my head colliding, colliding, fighting. There was friction there. I tried, which way do I go? And I knew, I knew I needed to change. I knew I needed something to change me. And Jesus started speaking to my heart and messing with my head. Listen, it bothered me. It bothered me. Made me feel dirty inside. Why? Because I was. I was dirty inside and outside in my life. That's why. Listen, I felt like a pig in a blanket. Well, I know you like to eat those. They do taste pretty good. But I really did. I felt like a pig in a blanket. Listen, let me explain. I, really, I was a pig all wrapped up in my sinful blanket. That's what I was. I traveled the world from party to party in the military. I was selfish. After a while, you start reaping what you sow. More than you sow. Later than you sow. And it starts catching up with you. Hear me. It catches up with every one of us eventually. The consequences of our disobedience. I did not even consider the God that I needed so desperately at the time. Then he began seeking me out. Little by little, person by person, reaching out to me. I had thoughts of despair. And then I heard his word from various people in and throughout my life. God came and changed my heart. Preachers who were my friends over the years. Many I ignored over many, many years. But all of a sudden their words became, listen, began to stir my heart. 
Why did they stir my heart? Listen, I ignored over many years, but all of a sudden their words became stir my heart. God's word never, ever returns empty. When it comes in you, some of you tonight, you're going to be honored by these words that I speak from the word of God. Because they're God's words. They're alive. They're well. And listen, old boy, girl, listen, you might be living your life and say, I got plenty of time. You don't know how much time you have. You're not that good. You don't know. Any one of us could be sitting here and a comet hits our building or something, you know. Or it doesn't, but it could happen. Are you ready this morning? That is the biggest question. Are you ready? People who were my friends, man, were sharing the word of God with me. And then one trip I took in the military to Sicily, Jesus called me out, prostrate to my face. On a hotel floor, I found myself crying out to Jesus. Desperation filled my heart. I'm crying out to God for him to come in and change my life, change my way. Clean me up, Father. I cannot clean myself. Amen. He spoke so loud in my heart. I surrendered that day, my entire life, over to him. And he comes in and rescued me. He came and called me out. God revealed to me how I had fallen so short of his glory and his majesty. I will never ever meet his perfection. I can't. None of us can. He never forced himself on me, ever. Never did. But he was made available to me. Listen, he pricked my heart. He pricked my mind to start to think, to think about my future, to think about the end of my life, to think about eternity, think about what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to my family, what's going to happen to my friends, what's going to happen to my kids. God calls me to start thinking about all these things flooding my mind and soul. I cannot fix me. Only Jesus can fix me. Amen. Actually, over many years through family, my grandpa, friends, retired pastors, Leroy Crank for one. He touched my life. A pastor, Ronnie Floyd, Pastor Jeff Robbins, Dr. Stanley, his in-touch ministry. All these things in combination touched my life. Many people were responsible for praying for me, encouraging me to surrender, to submit, to trust Jesus into my life. And that day came, I heard and answered the call of salvation. And then I answered the call to serve Amen. the Lord. <laughs> I've been abiding and living ever since in Him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So this morning we've explored the promise and the purpose. And lastly, the provision of the Savior. The provision of the Savior. Luke 2.11. He said, for today or born this day in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This, folks, is the facts of history. He was born into this world and born for you and for me. Jesus was born. You can mark it down. There's a specific time. There's a specific place. And we know it. In fact, in Galatians 4, 4 through 5, the Apostle Paul, he got it. He understood. He gets it. He writes this down on the inspiration of the Spirit of God in Galatians. And he says in verse 4, but when the fullness of time came, God knew he's going to send us in before the foundation of the world. That he needed to come. He needed to save. He needed to save sinners. He needed to save humankind. He came born of a woman. Born under the law. So that he might redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoptions of the son. Listen, all of us were born under the law. Guilty. The purpose of the law was to drive us to Jesus. 
to show us our guilt. This is how I know that all of us know when we're sinners. You don't even have to be told about Jesus. You don't have to be told about anything. God has put it in you to know that you have failed Him. God has put eternity in our hearts to look for Him. We're looking for eternity, but listen, God has put it in our hearts, listen, that we are sinners and we're doomed. And we don't know how to remove it. We have no ability to remove our sin. The law of God, those Ten Commandments, you know, the ones that they try to remove from the courthouses because it because it sears people's consciousness. It affects them. It brings guilt and disgust in their life. That's why people don't want to look at the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie or commit murder. Lust, covet, all those things, right? Thou shalt have no other gods before you. Keep the Sabbath and keep it holy. All these things. All these things. Honor your mother and father. Listen, people don't want to be reminded of their sin. The law was designed to drive you to the one who, listen, had sinless, listen, without sinless, without sin, hope for you. Amen. And that was Jesus. Hallelujah. It's important for us to understand the commandments. We've all broken them. This was a certain day that Jesus came in a certain place at a certain time. Jesus was born to, into humanity. Amen. His birth was a historic event. And you know how I know? Think about the date that you put on your checks and on your papers every day, wherever you work or whatever you do. If you put a date on there, all your dates are referenced back to who? Christ. To Jesus Christ. Amen. We still do that. I'm surprised they had not changed that. I know they try. They try. But you can't change that. They're not going to change that. The year of the Lord. And and the Domine, listen, it was listen, that was adopted in 525 by a monk in the Gregorian calendar. He put it in there. Everything was all related to Jesus Christ and his listen, the year of our Lord. His birth is not the beginning of a spiritual force, though. Once you think about that. But the record of an actual person who came to earth and lived and walked and breathed, who had an actual birthday. Jesus had an actual birthday. All the prophecies are specific in detail, location, all fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. The city of David, his birth. Bethlehem called what? The city of bread. Giving birth to who? The bread of life. Think about that. That's mind-blowing, right? It blows my mind when I think about that. Foretold, listen, 722 years, uh, 22 years B.C. In Micah 5, 2, Micah said, But as for you, Bethlehem and Pathford, listen, too little to me among the clans of Judah. And then he says this, From you, one, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. Written 700 years before Jesus even came on the scene. It says, His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Unto you was born a Savior. This was the foundation, listen, of for eternity, Jesus. God enters humanity so that all of humanity would enter eternity with Him. That's why He did that. God enters humanity so that all of humanity would enter eternity with Him. Jesus began something that would never end. We have to stop thinking about Christmas and think much more about Jesus. Amen. Amen. We put so much emphasis on Christmas. 
But we need to put the emphasis on the Christ of Christmas. Every time. And you guys are doing that. I'm preaching to the choir, I know. You guys are here. Listen, he is our prophet. He's our priest. He's our king. He's the master. He's the bridegroom. He's the good shepherd. He's the holy one of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And his name is Jesus. John the Baptist introduced him as the Lamb of God to do what? To take away the sin of the world. Can you picture that day that John's in the River Jordan and he sees Jesus coming along? He says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Then he refuses to baptize him, but Jesus said, You better baptize him, boy. <laughs> right? And so he dumps him, right? He's doing all right, even though he didn't need to be baptized. That's right. He was a Savior. But he did that as an example for you and for me. Amen. The Magi recognized him as the King of the Jews in Matthew 2 2. In fact, doubting Thomas called him what? My Lord and my God in John 20 28. When he appeared in his resurrection. Think about that. Remember Thomas? I'm not going to believe unless I can touch his, touch his nail pierced hands in his side. You hear Thomas saying that? When only just a few moments before that, he was willing to go back to, back to Bethany with Jesus. And said, let's go back to Bethany where Lazarus is sick and where he's died, right? Let's go back and die with this. Jesus left Bethany because his life was threatened and went to Jerusalem. And then Mary and Martha are calling for Jesus because Lazarus died. And it was Thomas. It was doubting Thomas, right? He said, hey, let's go back to Bethany with Jesus so that we can die with him. But then Jesus shows up. First words out of his mouth was, Here, Thomas, bring here your finger and touch my mouth. Touch my side. This is our Jesus. Right? Our Jesus. Christmas is all about Christ. It's not about presence. That's what the girls were singing about. It's about his presence. In our life. Amen. Amen? Amen. You may be sitting with your family or friends in this very church this morning. Think about this. Think about this. But can you realize right this very moment, right this instant, right immediately now, Jesus is closer to you than anyone you are sitting next to? Right. Amen. Let that sink in. If you're a believer, you know Jesus. He's in you, He's with you, He's upon you. He's closer than your neighbor right now. You may be sitting there, listen, you realize he's there, he's closer. He is really close to you, so close that when you get depressed, think about this. He is so close that when you get depressed, he's already there. He already knows what you need. He knows all about it, amen? He knows all about your depression. He knows all about it. He knows. Only look inward. He is there to see you through for the asking. Uh, over everything, He is. Over everything. We just have to reach into Him, right? Where He is. As a believer, the Word says He is in you, He is with you and upon you in John 14, 7. The Holy Spirit of God is in you and He is with you and He's upon you to comfort you, to help you, to strengthen you, to heal you, to make you new. Amen? To let you know it's all right. right. It's going to be good. It's all right. I know you hurt. I know what hurt is like. That's right. Amen. I was on a cross. I hurt. Such anguish for you. 
Not just the pain of being nailed to the tree, but the pain of separation from his father. The pain of every individual sin taken on his entire body. The pain. Oh, he felt the pain. Know that all is necessary to do is talk to him about whatever your situation circumstance might be. Surrender your life for his life. Listen, surrender your guilt for his grace. Unmerited favor, you don't deserve it. It's given to you. It's a free gift given to you. Ephesians 2.8, by grace are you saved through faith. Not yourself. It's a free gift of God. It's not of anything you can do. You can't remove your sin. It's his grace, his free gift on Christmas Day for each and every one of you. Every day. Every day is a gift, and he gives his gift every day to you. Your failures for his forgiveness. Your failures for his forgiveness. Your pursuits, listen, for his passion. Your pursuits for his passion. He is there for you, amen? He's always there. He loves you like no other person. From your past, your present, and all your tomorrows. He's a one of a kind, yet he's in three persons. Think about this. He deals with you from above. God the Father deals with you from above, from the heavenly realm around the portal. He deals with you from the earth in Jesus, the sacrifice for all of our sin. He deals with all of us from the earth. And then he deals with you from within in the person of the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, he's in there. When we need to talk, we need to listen. We need to pop up the Holy Spirit. He's there for you. He's there to help you along. He's there to answer questions. He's to show you the way. He's also there to show you what not to do, right? He's there to rebuke you. He's there to say, I, 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 not today, big boy, right? What does my word say right here? When I show you last week in Sunday sermon, right? Right here. And he deals with from within the Holy Spirit. Listen, so much so, when you think about the Trinity, you think the three in one. Separate persons, yet three in one blows my mind, right? But there's a purpose behind it. That when you don't, listen, when you do not, when you do not obey, when you, when you rebel against the Holy God, you know what you're doing? You trample over God. You, you rebel against Him. You trample over His blood. You trample, listen, listen, you walk away from God. You ignore the Holy Spirit. How many of you ignore the Holy Spirit? Amen? Every hand should go up. <laughs> not just mine. I know we have. The Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. He loves you like no other person. This is what makes Christmas and the Nativity so special. Amen. And He loves you. That He would leave heaven. He knew what you need. Only Jesus could come and take away the sin. You know, I think back in the book of Genesis when God made us. He said, let us make man our own image and our likeness. And the Bible and the scriptures teach us that God made everything and he said it was good. But listen, he gave man and woman, he gave man dominion over every single thing on the planet. In other words, he gave us the rule. He gave us the rule and dominion over everything on the planet. The responsibility. He said, okay, I made it all. It's all good. I give you the responsibility to rule over it. Think about this. And what did they do? He said, there's only one thing you can't do, and that's to eat from that tree, right? And they ate from the tree. And it killed the Spirit of God within them. 
So much so that every person born after Adam and Eve were born as sinners. We know how to do wrong, amen? We're professionals at doing wrong, amen? We are. We know how to do wrong. Nobody has to teach us to do wrong. We've got to teach us to do what's right and what's good and what's, what's wholesome. Doing the next right thing. But there was only one person who could forgive us of our wrongdoing, who could correct the wrongness of what happened back in Adam and Eve. One person had to die. Somebody had to die. And the only one who could was God himself who instituted everything in the world. He's the only one that was pure and perfect and could come and die for all of us. This is what makes the Christian activity. This is why he's born of a virgin. This is why he had no help from human sort of resources. There was none. The Holy Spirit comes in, puts in baby Jesus. That's it. He's pure, perfect, sinless. Lives his life without sin, unlike you and I. His brothers and sisters, half brothers and sisters couldn't stand him growing up, I imagine. Because he was too perfect. Oh man, Jesus. Can't blame it on Jesus. Right? You think about all that, right? He's perfect. He loves you. Christmas and the nativity is so special, amen? There's a promise of the Savior. He came. That's a fact. There's a purpose of the Savior. To seek us out and to save us. There's a provision of the Savior. The ultimate sacrifice. He pays the debt we can never pay, amen? Do you know him today? You can. There was a lady one day who was driving down the street. <laughs> she noticed in her rearview mirror that a huge truck seemed to be following her a little too close. Right? She sped up to kind of create some more distance between her and the truck. Only discovered that the truck sped up too. The faster she went, the faster he went. She made a right turn, he made a right turn. She made a left turn. He made a left turn. She got on the expressway. He got on the expressway. She took an exit. So did he. Terror began to sweep over her as it became clear she was being followed. It was at night and she needed to do something. So she pulled into an all-night gas station where there was a light and where there were people. It says that she rushed out of the car and ran inside. And the man in the truck pulled right in behind her into the gas station. Rushed out. He rushed out of the truck. But then instead of rushing into the store where she was, he rushed to her car and pulled open the back door, reached inside, and jerked out a man who had hidden himself in the back seat. And what the lady didn't know was that that one she was running from was her Savior. This would-be rapist was going to hurt her, but because the man driving the truck was sitting, he had the vantage point from looking above, looking down. He was able to see this unsuspecting character sneak into her car. The lady, however, had a distorted view. Think about this. She thought she knew what was going on, but in reality, she was totally unaware of what was really happening. Folks, many of us are living life with a distorted view. Think about that. We are running in fear from the wrong thing. We spend a lot of time and energy trying to fix our souls and our personalities, don't we? With all kinds of self-doubts and all kinds of people who want to get into your mind who don't know the Savior. We spend time making New Year's resolutions, going to self-help seminars. Listen, and promising ourselves we will do better. 
Our souls are not the enemy, folks. Listen, they are not what we should try to fix. Because Jesus is supposed to fix them. So this Christmas season, this new year coming up, let Jesus fix the plight that you're in. Whether it's sin, whether it's finances, whether it's your marriage, your family, whatever it may be, let Jesus fix what you cannot fix. In fact, when you have an issue, you should go to him first, not last. Ask him to help you and guide you. If you're lost, you need a savior. It all starts right here. It all starts right there where you're sitting to ask Jesus into your heart. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your Son who came to earth to live a perfect life and die on the cross as the, the sacrifice for all of us in this world. And Lord, it's my prayer that if there's anyone here this morning, they don't know you as Savior, Lord, of their life. Let this be the day of salvation for them. That they would ask you to come into their heart and to change their life. Invade the territory of their heart and wipe away all of their sin and their guilt and their shame. And offer the gift of forgiveness in their life. Lord, you've done all that. You did that back 2,000 years ago. You already have done that. All we've got to do is believe that you did it for us personally and individually. So I pray there's someone here today that's not saved, that they would ask you, Jesus, to come into their heart and to change your life. Just make this your prayer. Preachers can't save anybody. All I can do is talk and share God's message. But you have to talk to God on your behalf and say, Jesus, I need to be saved today. Come into my heart. Save me today. I trust you as my Savior and my Lord. Lord, I turn away from what I've been doing in my life. And I have decided to trust you and your life. I'm going to follow you with all of my heart. Come into my life and change it today. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for being buried for me. I thank you, Lord, for the hope that you give me that you were that rose from the dead. And then you sit at the Father's right hand and you intercede in our behalf. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth as a baby, for dying the God-man that you were for me and for all my friends here today. Help us to not leave here today on this Christmas day without knowing the Savior and Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for those that may have prayed that prayer. Pray that they would share with me this morning as they leave the decision that they made to accept Christ as Savior so I can celebrate with them and leave them to God and what to do next. Lord, we thank you for this day. Use us for your glory in this up and coming new year that we would serve you, that we would love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbors as much as we love you. And Father, we praise you for it all. In Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Merry Christmas. No Bible study tonight. Nothing Wednesday. Uh, no Sunday school next Sunday. We're going to have worship service for the new year. I look forward to seeing you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here this morning.
And those that are staying, I've got we've got lunch provided next door. So make your way over there and get started.